everyone. It is M and Sid with the Pay Attention to This podcast. Today we are recording from two different cities, which we're sad, but we'll still be good. Yes, um, we are apart, but not for long. Yes. <laughs> and sorry about last week's episode that we had some audio and stupid technology just never works when you want it to. And that is when we wanted it to. And it didn't. So you know how podcast goes. Nothing's yeah. predicted. <laughs> um, so today we are kind of going in our third and fourth episode. I don't really know. I think we counted the Lewis episode as part of this series, but we're going into another episode of the big tech series. And today we're going to talk about regulations from big tech, aka censorship, which is a is a hot word right now. Um, we've talked about, you know, like some of the laws behind big tech, like Section 230. We talked about the backgrounds of the people who started them. And yeah, now we're going to talk about censorship. To start us off, we have a lot of different types of censorship we've seen. Um, I know I've been censored quite a few times, like locked out of my Instagram account. I think I was last week, actually. So do you have two, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I've been logged out of my account once. Uh, I've gotten a lot of comments from, yeah, like warnings to my about my content from like Twitter and Instagram. So, and where very does fun. Two normal girls, like I don't yeah, no, I mean like I'm super dangerous. Uh, I'm a normal person who leads a normal life who doesn't break the law, but I'm very dangerous. <laughs> gotten a lot of post warnings on my content. The post warnings is something I don't understand. I've actually posted, you know, like if you post anything that says vaccine or COVID, it immediately has this little tagline, but I always, (laughs) I always get this tagline in check and I don't get it. I sent it to you one time. Remember it was like all in check and from Prague. I mean, I was like, I studied abroad in Prague. I don't really know how you knew that, but why am I getting warnings in check? I just don't get it. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And maybe they think you're like in the Czech Republic or something. I know. I'm trying to see if I can find one. Oh, these are all in English. Maybe they changed it. I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. So speaking of, there's just a lot of different types of censorship in the sense of labeling content, blocking us out of our accounts, posting warnings to our to the content creators, taking down content, suspending accounts, banning accounts, um, sh- shadow banning, which I actually just recently discovered what shadow banning was. And basically shadow banning is where I post content, but Instagram basically, like I see that it posts, but on my end, it just looks like no one's liked it or even seen it. And Instagram is just not showing it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So right. shadow banning content. Yes. Yeah, is, is, is exactly that they reduce your, your reach ability that you would have had uh, naturally through the platform and they somehow decrease your, your ability to reach as big of an audience. So that is shadow banning. And then there is something that they call shadow, like removing followers, which I think oh, is included wait, really? in shadow banning where there's claims not sure. We don't know for sure if this is true or not, but there are claims that people have had followers removed from their account, like without any notification. So apparently. Yeah. I always see James O'Keefe like post something like once a week, make sure you're still following me. And so I guess that's why. That's definitely a conversation going on in the, in the Twitter sphere. 
That's so interesting. But also too, they on some of these like warnings when on like people's posts, they it will say it will be grayed out and say false information. See why fact checkers say this is false. And then also recently on Twitter, if I've been going to retweet something and I don't open the article, which it's either an article I read or I know what it's going to say and I read it after I retweet it. But the, I'll get a notification on Twitter saying, are you sure you want to retweet this? Check out the article first. And I'm like, they only do that. I, I started doing it just because like out of spite, because I only get that warning on conservative news outlets like New York Post, Washington Times is more leans more Fox. Yeah. Bray at Bart and yeah. other um, sources like that. I'll get this warning. Are you sure you want to retweet? And then if I try to retweet anything from, I don't know, CNN or USA Today, it's just like, all right, go ahead and do it. Like, And it's just like crazy to me. I'm like, but it's a weird, like additional censorship step. Like they're not necessarily not allowing you to retweet it, but also they're not, they, they wouldn't, they don't add that label on every article or every link posted on, on Twitter. It's weird. Why would they only do it on select few? Yeah. And it's like, it is, are you sure you want to retweet this? Do you want to check out the article? And I'm like, yes, I do. I don't, honestly, I don't need you to tell me what I want to do and what I don't. It's just this weird. I mean, to me, it's saying like, they're saying in a way that's like, are you sure you want to go through with this? You probably don't like, don't retweet this. And so it's just dumb, but also, yeah, I've, I gotten suspended from my account. I think like six times, seven, eight, honestly, at this point since November. uh Emily, why do you think you get suspended from your account? Like what, what do you think is triggering that specifically? You know what? <laughs> I definitely think it's probably because people, I, I make some sort of post, which in my opinion, I think for the most part, I'm a pretty tame person. I don't think they're too aggressive, but I make a post and it hurts someone's feelings or someone doesn't agree with it. And so I think that they report my story, which I've tested before because I get this notification that logs me out of my account and says, you've had suspicious activity on your account. And so I went and reported one of my stories one time from a different, from like our podcast account. And I got that same warning because people were like, no, Emily, I think it's just like you, maybe someone's trying to hack into your account. I'm like, oh, someone's trying to hack into my account every single time I post something semi-controversial. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd love to see what, what they don't even explain what was suspicious or like, they're not, you know, they're not like, oh, someone tried to log in from Shinju, China, right? Like they don't explain why they log you out for suspicious activity. And I've been logged out for suspicious activity. And guess when I was, it was right before the election when I was posting content, specifically conservative content. And that's the only time I've ever had a suspicious activity log out ever. Haven't had it since because I haven't posted much content lately. So, well, yeah, when I don't post anything, I don't get it. But then (laughs) I have to reset my password every time and I can't reuse passwords. And so I'm like, gosh, that's a lot of work. I have to come up with a new password every time. How many have you had to memorize now? Um, So I keep like, not to give out my password, but like, you know, I have a combination of things and then I put some not nice words in there. Instagram if they ever see my password if they ever were to see my password I wanted them to get a message that I'm angry at them (laughs) so 
that's um, pretty funny yeah it's like and it's like an all yeah it's just kind of funny um not to give away my passwords oh another big thing on censorship let's talk about how huge prominent government in personalities and leaders are blocked literally what what is your like what are your thoughts i just feel like that's twitter they have more power than the government at this point yeah so i'm just curious why the illegal content people who post illegal content are not being banned and then you know a former president of the united states is but yeah like um what why should the account of i don't know an overseas terrorist be able to keep their twitter account and you ban an american president yeah um and you know they've they've been suspending accounts for a while i mean that's that's not new they did that all of 2020 before they even got close to banning anyone project veritas <laughs> their twitter account got banned i think last month both project suspended veritas. or banned oh it says suspended what's the difference between suspended and banning so suspended is a temporary locking out of the account and then the twitter people who are in charge of it get to subjectively decide when they will be allowed back into that account there is no time standardized time limit uh okay. on twitter right now for that kind of thing but outright banning means that if they ever find former president donald trump on any account like it's actually his account no matter what name he uses they will remove it because he as a person is banned from using their platform. I'm looking at the Project Veritas stuff and it's like the account had been followed by former President Donald Trump's adult sons and the suspensions come amid a broader Twitter crackdown on accounts promoting misinformation. Project Veritas has been known to use deceptive practices and spread misinformation. It's just stupid. So, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of goes into to how do they oh how no, do they Twitter Twitter says it permanently suspended. Um, yeah, I don't see them. I just tried to look them up on Twitter. I follow them. Well, you can, if like someone has it in their bio, you can click it and it will say. Wow, you're, you're right. They, they banned Project Veritas. We, we talk about all these different types of censorship going on right now and, and personal censorship. Oh, you want to add something real quick? Yeah. So I, I just looked up a list of all of the accounts. Um, this is a Wikipedia page, so obviously... Um, <laughs> yeah, list them out, even if it's Wikipedia, let's hear it. Yeah. I can click all the sources at the bottom. Okay. So <laughs> this is so funny. Wow. Okay. So it's like a cohesive list of all of the accounts that Twitter has ever suspended, banned permanently, whatever. And it says the account name and a description. So let's just go through some of these descriptions real quick. Cause they're pretty short. All right. <laughs> so American alt-right blogger. American conservative writer, British alt-right political commentator. How many are on there? Quite a bit. Republican U.S. candidate in Arizona, president of the United States, American conservative political consultant and lobbyist, alt-right activist, far-right political commentator, conspiracy website and founder, Infowars. <laughs> Alex um, Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones, conservative talk radio host and former. This is just 2018, by the way. So so are there any non I, mean, I don't see either the word conservative people besides the revenge porn guy. So the words liberal leftist Democrat are not seen on this page yet. I do see Supreme Leader of Iran. Well, um, at least they got him. Yeah, at least they got him. 
free speech activists canadian are these these sound like suspended ones no some of these are permanent it says permanent temporary unknown far-right libertarian financial blog lobbyists and conspiracy theorists infowars personalities turning point usa ambassador American conservative activist, American conservative media personality, British columnist and far-right activist, pro-Trump meme account, far-right activist and conspiracy theorist, political satire accounts, American political movements, conservative account, right-wing blogger, Chinese virologist, founder of Turning Point USA, former of Republican candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives, um, and that's all 2020. I guess most people that are suspended for long periods of time and or outright banned from using the platform for some reason, make up majority of conservative or right-leaning views, whereas there is not a single left-leaning person or their account in the, in the banned list, which is it interesting. Seems, it seems so. And, you know, there's actually, we watched, um, Sydney and I listened to a podcast or watched it with Tim Pool, Joe Rogan, Jack Dorsey, and then uh, one other. I don't one know. of his executives. Yeah, one of his executives. And Tim Pool was pushing back on Dorsey a lot, saying, this is in from 2018, saying, I think you only censor like one side of the political spectrum. And Dorsey was like, oh, it's all about the context. So, so it's, so it's not an objective viewpoint on who to ban. It's a subjective viewpoint. Yeah. And the only the, it's like they sounded like robots. It's all about the context. It's all about the context. Okay, well, did you ever call the person and ask them what the context was? Probably not. Yeah, this list is just stupid dumb because it's like, you can't tell me you don't censor just one side of the spectrum. You maybe throw in a liberal account in there, but it's just dumb. Yeah. So I, I guess my- I encourage our, our viewers to go look at that list. I haven't even seen it yet. Um, so I'm probably going to go do that and check out kind of, yeah, all those descriptions of the people who have been banned or prolonged suspensions. And, and with all this, this censorship going on and the types of censorship, you know, there are, there are videos from Project Veritas, who is one of the accounts that has been banned. Um, but if you can get on their website, they have videos going into places like Twitter, Facebook, big tech. So Google, all that and employees admitting to to censorship. I encourage you to go take a look at that as well. And so I guess a, a lot of the people that play a big part in uh, big tech censorship are the fact checkers. Woo! Hey. What a fun word to come around in 2020. Thank you for your service. You should be so proud of yourself to be a fact checker. So like, Emily, how would you describe a fact checker, a third party fact checker? A third party fact checker, in my opinion, sounds a lot like. So maybe I would describe a third party fact checker as companies that their entire job is to partner with big tech and determine what is true and what is false on their platform. So the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram employees are the ones actually taking down and removing and suspending content. But the people who are determining if something is true or false are these third-party fact checkers. And Facebook lists, oh, go ahead, Emily. Do they have degrees? <laughs> we, we don't know. I don't know enough about these fact checkers there's a lot of controversial things said about them but facebook does list its third-party fact checkers uh you have to dig into their site a little bit but you can find them there are six of them so i'm not exactly sure 
how those contracts work, how that all works, but, but they have six independent fact checkers or companies that employ fact checkers. And then Twitter, I couldn't find a list of their fact checkers on their site at all. And I, I kind of scoured the site for a little while and there's no clear way to get to know that. But you know, what's interesting is that what is a fact checker? You know, and I, and I asked Emily that question, but but I don't even know how to define it either. And I think the fact checkers actually do get things wrong sometimes. For example, one of the most notorious ones is the Hunter Biden laptop story. So you know what? That's actually relevant. <laughs> and yeah, so the, well, apparently Emily has quite a few thoughts on that one. But the Hunter Biden laptop story. So the New York Post was the one that broke the story. So traditionally, news outlets are the ones that find out what's going on and report it to the people right? That is their job. That is what they do. They, they find out about stories and they report what they know. And then sometimes they give their opinion on it, which is totally fine. I don't care about that, but you know, they're supposed to report the facts and then they can maybe sometimes give their opinion on it. But what's interesting. But uh, also important note, if they do give their opinion, it has to be titled as an op-ed. Yes. Yeah. Fun fact. You can't just put your opinion in an article that supposedly has facts. Yeah. Well, we all know that still goes on anyway, but so basically Twitter with the help of its fact checkers, who I still don't know who they are, determined that the New York post story was false, was completely false. I could go into a lot of details on the grounds that they claim were false, but they ended up banning or suspend, they suspended the New York Post's Twitter account over the story that their fact checkers and Twitter themselves claimed was false. So Twitter removed content and then suspended the account, AKA censorship. But we later find out that it is true. I mean, there's Hunter Biden's signature dropping off those exact laptops. And the FBI has confirmed that Hunter Biden used that laptop. And you know what's funny? The timing of it. When did when did we figure out that the article was actually true after uh, an election? After an election. Um, nothing wrong there. But my point is the fact checkers got it wrong. They got it wrong. I, I'm just confused because a news organization reported the story. They ended up being correct about it. And the fact checkers ended up being wrong about it. So the fact checkers use news articles from news organizations to back up their claims. So I'm very confused on why they would censor a news organization. And so like, why do the fact checkers get to be the ultimate deciders of truth or not? Like of what's true or not? not a news organization. They can't put their opinion out there. In a free society, you would think that every person or every news organization gets to decide for themselves what content to put out there and what content to believe and, and not have a certain view forced upon them. Anyway, do you have any, you have any thoughts about all that, Emily? Yeah. I mean, first of all, one, it's almost like they don't trust us to have our own opinion. They like, we're incapable of forming thoughts on our own Two, fact checkers are just like, to me, Entitled people who sit on their computer all day think that they have the authority to ban things just because they don't agree with them and they don't like them. Everything has a bias. And so the articles that they're pulling from to fact check also have a certain bias against the other articles. So, of course, naturally, things are going to contradict each other. I'm not saying everything I say is unbiased. Like we are humans. You need to get that planted and like everyone needs to get that planted in their brain. Everyone has a bias. So I don't understand why a fact checker who probably doesn't have a degree. And if they do 
They probably have no experience doing any sort of fact checking before this. I don't understand why we're putting so much power into the hands of fact checkers to manipulate social media, history, people's opinions. Yeah, I I just don't understand why these companies were selected to be the bearers of truth. And why do we know barely anything about the people who work there, the people who make the decisions? Like, I can't even find anything on Twitter's like terms and like privacy and data policy about about the fact checkers who work there. And like, it just, I don't understand how they get to be chosen the bearers of truth to society. It, it, it's unfair. It puts all the power in the hands of a small group of people. Think about yeah. it. It does. Instead of taking and the powers in every person's hand who's on the platform, because everyone gets to have an opinion. They put all of the power in a small group of people's hands. A lot That's, of power. Yeah. And so, I mean, really, when you think about it, fact checkers are a small group of people ruling everyone. So, (laughs) well, I would almost say they're minions to Dorsey and Zuckerberg who are ruling them, you know? Yes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're partnered with them. I'm sure Dorsey and Zuckerberg and, you know, all the, all the big tech people get the the final call on their own site. But, you know, I just, it's, I, I don't understand why people are for putting the power of free speech on, on social media into the hands of few. Yeah. Not, not the everyone. It's just dumb to me because I just think it's really harmful and it's setting a terrible precedent and it already has, you know, whether you're a fact checker or not, they encourage people to be fact checkers just naturally. Like, I think I've seen ads. It's like, make sure you're, you know, like you're fact checking everything. And yes, it is so important to fact check stuff. Totally agree with that. But it's giving people this sense of empowerment um, and entitlement to the amount of stuff that I've gotten in my Instagram inbox. That's like, actually, this is incorrect because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I don't like, why do you, I just don't get it. Like, can I not have my own opinion? Like, because it's coming from opinion and bias. I don't know. No, in America, you can, you should be able to have your own opinion and no one should be able to stop you from having your own opinion. And for a big tech, who's very protected by the law for not being uh, liable for anything, they seem to not, not, not care about that that free speech aspect anyway so i i did did find twitter had some data on you know censorship when or like how they censor not necessarily who the fact checkers are and about them but apparently their motto on their transparency page is committed to the open exchange of information <laughs> i'm just gonna I mean, it's like not even make a comment on that the comedy speaks for itself but so apparently every six months they post their data about what accounts have been suspended, action taken against them, or content removed. And so their last posting of that data is from January 2020 to June 2020. I don't know why they haven't posted the other half of 2020 because you would think that that data is, I mean, it's why, I don't know why that's not posted. They've had three months to do it now. Are they all of a sudden incapable of collecting data? I know. Well, apparently Dorsey had some trouble coming up with some of the numbers in his hearing. So I took this data for that that six months, that first six months of 2020. And in terms of actions, so there's there's three categories, actions taken against the accounts, suspended accounts, and then removed content. So like three categories of, of censorship that, that Twitter 
uses openly. And for the accounts that had action taken against them, there's a lot of categories uh, that were included that said violence, terrorism and violence, child sexual exploitation, abuse and harassment, that kind of thing. So they, they explained why actions were taken against them because they fell into one of those categories. Um, and there are other categories such as promoting suicide or illegal goods and things that I, I didn't pull the numbers on. But in terms of hurting someone else, it was interesting because about 1% of actions taken against an account were for violence, about 5% were for terrorism, 23% for child exploitation, 20% for abuse and harassment. And they have this very interesting category called hateful conduct. Now, they don't explain it in their transparency. So I don't know necessarily what it is, but to me, it doesn't allude to something illegal. It alludes to, I guess, in their definition of hateful, which I once again have said this, but I think labeling something as hate speech is subjective. But for that category, they have the most actions taken in that category. Almost 34%. So one third of all the actions taken against accounts were for hateful conduct. Like it's, it's one thing for hateful conduct to be like, I'm going to kill you, Sydney, you know, yes, on but, but wouldn't you consider that harassment or, or violence, um, or, yes, or something actually. else. So yeah. hateful con, like, I don't know what falls into that category because all of the things you could do hatefully to someone else that are like illegal fall into the other categories. So I don't know what's in falling into this category. And by the way, they took 1.9 million actions against uh tweets oh um the, for that for that six so months much. so they probably take about four million actions a year committed oh. to the open exchange of information right uh, do you have any guesses of what could be in the hateful conduct category like i literally can't think of what could go in there because they already list abuse harassment child um, exploitation sexual exploitation violence terrorism Can you- i mean my guess would be maybe misgendering someone. Well, exactly, but that's not illegal. Yes, well, for but for their terms and conditions, it's considered hateful. Yes, conduct. but why do they impose these these things on themselves when there's actual legal activity going on on their platform? Why waste time on things that aren't legal and under the law? Why waste a, a one third of that time on? hateful conduct, which is subjective because the world is corrupt. (laughs) Yeah. So no, and and you're right. I mean, it probably does include misgendering people are saying like, you know, you're stupid or, or whatever, but I just, they have so many instances of other things going on on their platform. I just, one third of it sounds like a huge chunk. And so we look at, at the accounts suspended and There were almost a million accounts suspended for those six months in the beginning of 2020. It's interesting, not even all the, so so when I talked about the earlier, like the tweets that included, you know, where they took action against child pornography, harassment, violence, they didn't even suspend all of those accounts. So these accounts that posted illegal content that they took action against, they didn't even suspend the accounts because not even all of the accounts are accounted for in these suspensions. Yeah, and speaking of um, accounts worthy of suspension, there's this account that I, you know, like I would personally consider this harassment or maybe even hate speech or whatever Twitter calls it by AOC. 
So AOC tweeted around election time, is anyone archiving these Trump sycophants for when they tried to downplay or deny their complicity in the future? I foresee decent probability of many deleted tweets, writings, photos in the future. LOL at the party of personal responsibility being upset at the idea of being responsible for their behavior over the last four years. And in AOC's definition, being responsible is getting your name blacklisted, putting put on a list for everyone to see, to know what your political beliefs are so that you can be freaking harassed. And that tweet didn't get yeah. taken down from my knowledge. Yeah. So it, it's just interesting that the accounts that actually do promote terrorism, abuse, harassment, violence, child pornography. Not even all those are suspended for on Twitter. So why, why aren't they suspending all those? You know, why suspend Donald Trump? Like, I don't, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. Thankfully they did suspend most of the accounts that were suspended were for child sexual exploitation, but they didn't even suspend all of them. And so that's where they're getting into like tricky waters, you know, mm-hmm. because can't they be, held liable or arrested because they've only I mean I according to section 230 that they can't be held liable for illegal content posted on their site but if they don't uphold the same standard like for example if they took down some Nazi terrorism group and then they left another one up yeah um I I don't know Hmm. I I don't know it's stupid territory but So the last category that I talked about getting your content actually removed. So like the, one of the other steps of of censorship half. So there, there was once again, 9.0 million pieces of content removed from Twitter. Half were for hateful conduct. So think about that again. They didn't even remove all of the illegal content once again, but half of removed content was labeled hateful conduct. I'm sorry. There are children being trafficked and abused. Why would you not put your resources? Yeah. To the people who are being abused, exploited and harassed on your platform, like people doing illegal things through your platform. Why would you not put all of your resources towards that instead of a subjective definition of people conduct to not hurt people's feelings? Like, I'm sorry, get off your skin. Anyway, I just had to go on that little spiel of what I found since they didn't tell me about their fact checkers, or at least I couldn't find anything on the fact checkers from their actual site. But, you know, we're going to we're going to wait to see when Twitter posts their their second half, their second six months of 2020. Would love to see that with the whole election in that six months. But but just super interesting that Twitter put so many resources towards removing hateful conduct and, and not their other other bigger issues on their platform so yeah pretty interesting and then with that too like something just like in the in the theme of all of this so when people have been questioning certain questioning different social medias as to their responses to the censorship what's funny is that facebook even said that they're going to go further to remove posts from facebook and instagram um, that they feel are contributing to the conspiracy theories of the COVID-19 vaccine. And so they're going to start removing posts totally that have been labeled previously as false. And this has already been taken into yep. effect, like removing accounts. But la- labeled by the, the people that get to make all the decisions over us. Yeah, labeled by the independent fact checkers. So Facebook said, we are expanding our efforts to remove false claims on Facebook and Instagram about COVID-19, COVID-19 vaccines, and vaccines in general during the pandemic. Today, following consultations with leading health organizations, including WHO, 
We are expanding the list of false claims we will remove to include additional debunked claims about the coronavirus and vaccines. And so some of these are like the COVID-19 is man-made, manufactured, vaccines aren't effective, which I don't really know how that can be labeled as false, but it's safer to get the disease than to get the vaccine. Vaccines toxic or dangerous, which they are. You are literally injecting metals into your body, harsh metals and chemicals. So that's not necessarily a false claim. I think it's, they don't agree with it. They don't want it out there because they don't want people to know the truth about vaccines in my personal opinion, but Facebook. So they're also, you know, like joining limitations on their search results with Google, just like Google is. They're making it harder to find accounts, shadow banning, spreading disinformation about the vaccine, whatever they say disinformation is. It makes sure resources they deem as relevant and expert are displayed first. This is like specifically about COVID, but Facebook and Instagram and all these Twitter, all the companies alike, they're taking these measures for all topics that are hot button topics at the moment that are controversial. It's not just a COVID thing. It's in everything that they don't agree with. There's going to be a label put on it and it's going to be taken down and removed. And that's just not right. And then people you know, start talking about, well, Twitter's a private company, they can do what they want. And it's like, yes and no, because they are a monopoly at this point And one of the biggest platforms for people to, well, to share. And when someone tries to make a different platform to compete with Twitter, they're banned from being able to be purchased or, or downloaded. That is just so stupid. Such as, such as Parler. Um, you know, I, once again, I, I don't know why Facebook and, and who they've hired are, are the bearers of truth. I think that's dangerous to give that much power to big, big tech to make those decisions. I don't think it's fair. And the, the whole private company argument is super interesting because I feel as though the left has always been like, everyone should have access to anything that they would want access to. And now they're defending social media giants for when they when they ban access to it for certain people. So I guess I'm just a little confused on, on the argument and the stance of where people typically who are left leaning are on that. I feel like it's a bit contradictory. But yeah, I mean, I think this this all goes back to that question, you, you know, should be big, big tech be allowed to take down content that is lawful because they have those protections under Section 230 that they're not even held liable and they have those protections. They're, they're not considered an editor. So they're not going to get in trouble for anything, but they're acting like an editor. And so, but what is the point of taking down lawful content? To manipulate people's opinions. And think about it. What else is the point of taking down lawful content? It's because it's stuff that proves a point and they don't want that point to be proven and for people to actually have common sense and be like, huh? Yeah, they, they want to manipulate whichever way that goes in their, in their argument. The only reason I could think to take down lawful content is to manipulate people into thinking the way that you want them to think. I can't yeah. think of another reason. Like, actually, no, it's like to take down something that's lawful, something that's a fact. There's no other reason than. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. It's a lie. You know, if I if I tweeted, hey, guys, I'm an alien. Why? Why take I'm not breaking the law. I'm not doing anything wrong. And it's my choice to tweet that. And why are they like putting such person like taking this personal responsibility as if they're the purveyors of truth? Like why? I don't get it. Exactly. It's because I, I mean, I, I think as far as we can tell, I mean, it's because they they want to manipulate it how they see it. Like, uh, I don't need them to protect me from crap on the Internet. If I see crap, I, you know, I'm going to I'll read it. 
And then I form my own opinion. Like that's also a thing is if, if these claims are so absurd and obnoxious and wrong, wouldn't you want people to see these posts to know what's going on and who's tweeting them so that they can stay away or like not trust yeah. their opinion. Right. I agree. You know, it, it, it is dangerous to have information or, or the truth all coming from one source. We know that with Russia, um, China, maybe North Korea. I don't know. I'm not saying that the U S is at any of those, but when you only have information coming from a small group of people it starts to get a little dicey, you guys. <laughs> Yeah. So there's a lot to think about with this stuff. I mean, we're not necessarily feeding this information, like this podcast as a means of changing people's minds. We just, this is information that we learn and it's like, okay, if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. If you don't like it, don't like it, whatever. Like, you know, like I I'll protect your freedom of opinion and freedom of thought just as much as I'd love for you to protect mine. And uh, yeah, Yeah. it's just really crazy how, where the world is going, but stuff to think about. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, exactly. I just want everyone to be left with, do you want the power of free speech on, online to be in the hands of a few? Or do um, you want the power to think for yourself? <laughs> yes. So that's just my my call to action for you guys is to just think <laughs> about that. I thought we talked about a lot of interesting stuff. I feel like there's definitely way more we could dive into, <laughs> I'm sure, in the future about all of this. But Keep an eye out for censorship. Yeah, keep an eye out. Let us know if you see that we're censored. And we have, we're going to try and bring on some guests in regards to this topics in the future too. So if you liked this episode, if you didn't and you still listen to it, we'd appreciate it if you downloaded it or <laughs> and subscribed and followed um, to all of our channels. We really enjoy doing this. This has been a lot of fun. So yep. love, you yeah, love you guys. <laughs> as always. Pay attention to this. this.